Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the New York 20, where we run through some of the biggest topics in New York sports. I'm John. And I am Tom. And what do we got on tap, Tom? We're going to talk a little bit of NBA playoffs today. Knicks-Boston, Nets-Bulls. Uh, we'll get a big look at the NBA playoff picture, touch on the Western Conference a little bit. Uh, we'll get a chance to get into the NHL. Season's wrapping up. Rangers, Islanders, and kind of the Devils in a bit of a playoff chase. Right. And uh, then we'll get to spend some time on baseball today. Um, well, let's talk about football, too. Well, the schedule came out today, so yeah. uh, we'll get into that, but let's kick it off with the NBA playoffs, since that's hot right now, and uh, you got to start with the Knicks. So, we got Knicks-Boston, uh, yep. first off, <laughs> and uh, we should say, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to uh, everybody in the Boston area with everything yeah. that happened. Absolutely. But... You know, uh, and the way that they've handled it, everything up there has been amazing. I think the, the national anthem of the... Bruins game the other night was really just a fantastic moment, watching the whole crowd sing the national anthem. Yeah, it was something else. It, it was really incredible, and you know, you see people commenting about how they got tears in their eyes watching it, it's something you don't see in sports a lot nowadays. So. Absolutely. Not since, um, you know, the, the big Piazza home run after yeah. 9-11, it kind of reminded me of that, and you know, everything the Yankees did, very classy, putting up the Boston banner, and you know, New York and Boston United, and you know, really, really great, you know, uh thing to come out of it, but, you know, obviously a tragedy, but uh, that's not what we're here for, so let's kind of just, you know, stick to sports, stick with the distraction that it is. So we have Knicks, Celtics on the court, what do you see? Uh, So, it's funny looking at this matchup because they played each other in the playoffs a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. and the roles could not have been more reversed. The Knicks came into that series banged up, not a very, you know, playoff-tested team in any way, and just kind of throwing pieces out on the floor, and this year... Boston's really fallen apart with the injury to Rajon Rondo. Mm-hmm. They've hung on because the Eastern Conference is just really bad, and they made the playoffs as a, a you know a seven seed. But the Knicks really have, should have no problem. There's no excuse for the Knicks to not win this series going away. Uh, realistically, probably pretty quickly if everything kind of yeah. goes the way that it should. I don't want to I don't want to harp on it, but I think one thing that you have to be careful of is the emotion that mm-hmm. Boston is probably going to bring to the table. Absolutely, I mean that could be a very powerful motivator, and I, I I would have to agree with you that I think the Knicks should win with no excuses going away. But that's the one thing that I would watch out for: just that raw emotion, try to win it for the city, that kind of thing. But yeah. I, I I don't I don't know if that's going to be enough. Well, especially, you worry about it with their players, too. Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, two of the most passionate guys you'll find on the floor, and they mm-hmm. can definitely thrive off the energy in Boston. I think it's key for the Knicks to get off to a 2-0 lead in the series. Yeah. You know, if you win both games at the Garden at home and then get back to Boston Garden, you're in better shape. You know, if it's a 1-1 series, now Boston has a chance to take the lead. When they get back home, they, they could jump at that opportunity. So I think it's huge for the Knicks to get out to a 2-0 lead in the series, and then if you take one out of two up in Boston, then, you know, you should, you should be in pretty good shape. Yeah. I mean, we'll get back into that as the playoffs roll along. <laughs> yeah, so let's um, analyze. <laughs> yeah. Let's really quickly touch on the Nets. They have a tough matchup coming up with the Bulls. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously diminished without Derrick Rose, but they will beat you up. I mean, they physically, they yes. physically will yes. beat you down. And, uh, you know, I think the Nets are more talented than them, but, uh, again, that, that little bit of edge that they have, that little bit of toughness, I think this can go either way. Yeah, you look at Chicago, I mean, a couple of the, the hallmarks of their season were, were obviously breaking the Miami Heat streak at 27 <laughs> games, and then they broke the Knicks streak. Yeah. Uh, shortly thereafter. So, <laughs> Where streaks go to die, right? <laughs> yeah, they're really not intimidated by any of these situations. And, you know, they played the whole year without Derrick Rose and were the fifth best team in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, for stretches and in periods, they played like the best team in the East. 
they rebound well, they defend well, and that's playoff basketball. So mm-hmm. the, those are the types of things you see in winning teams in a long, drawn-out series. So, you know, again, we'll get a chance to look to see how these, this shakes out. I think the Nets would have much preferred to play Atlanta. I think Atlanta's a softer team. I yeah. don't think they're as, as talented as Chicago or as tough and out as Chicago is. So, you know, I think this is a tough break for them. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of see how that goes. Yeah, and obviously all roads go through Miami in the yeah. Eastern Conference. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we can get more into that later on. But, uh, you know, just really quickly, out west, the Lakers obviously dealt a huge, huge blow with the injury to yeah, Kobe Bryant. I mean, awful. and a terrible injury, something that, uh, you know, we saw Ryan Howard of the yep. Phillies get that, you know, a couple of years ago with the, the last play of the game there in the playoffs. Yeah. And he's still not the same. You know, I watched yeah. a little bit of the game tonight, and uh, he said sometimes, you know, the Achilles feels fine, and sometimes it acts up, and they had to pull him late for a pinch runner. And, it, yeah. you know, so, and you're talking about a big dude who plays first base, not, you know, Kobe Bryant, explosion, legs, you yeah. know, use it like Every a, kind as of an movement, NBA player. Yeah, yeah so I, I don't know what that's going to bring, but obviously bad news for them uh, this year. And, and then I you look at, uh, <laughs> and then you look at, uh, you know, you got the Spurs out there. They're always yeah. winning in the regular season, and uh, but I don't, I don't know if they have the horses to to kind of carry through the playoffs. I, I think you're looking at OKC again. I, I think you know a couple couple of points on that. Uh, the Lakers, first of all, Kobe, the the injury. The, the first thing that I thought of with Kobe's injury was Derek Jeter. You know, getting to the end of the season, getting to the playoffs, getting to, you know, must-win games. And you have a guy who is the most passionate guy you're going to find who wants to win more than anything else be the guy that goes down. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it'll give a chance, I think, for some of the guys in the Lakers to step up. I don't know how they how they deal with it. But it will, I think Dwight Howard now has a better chance in the offense to be a more prominent role, which I think he's used to from Orlando. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll see what they do. They're, They're certainly not out of it, but they're they're... Uh, they were a team that struggled a lot this year in the first place, so I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get their act together by the time the playoffs, uh, you know, kick into gear. And uh, as far as San Antonio goes, I think if you talk to a Miami Heat fan and they were being honest, they would much prefer to face OKC than they would San Antonio. Just because of the playoff pedigree, the championship, yeah, ca- yeah that makes sense. Yeah. They they have you know I think a mental edge over OKC. I think that's a huge advantage. They yeah. know they can beat them. OKC knows that Miami knows they can beat them. If that <laughs> yeah long sentence makes sense. Yeah. Well, the way I look at it, uh, you know, it, it seems to me like that situation with OKC and Miami is always like it, it's. I look at it, it's like it's three on one. I, I kind of look at it as like a handicap. You know, I mean, obviously they're they're good as a team as a whole, but it, you got. Kevin Durant, who is the guy there, mm-hmm. and he's the one guy that you really can't let him beat you, like the cliche yeah. goes. And, you know, Miami, they got that three-headed monster, and if they're all healthy and they're all playing, you know, and then you got, like, Ray Allen coming off the bench, and, uh, yeah. you know, it's going to that's, that's gonna be tough. I mean, so, yeah, the, the supporting cast is, is, is uh, definitely stronger uh, yeah. with the Spurs in San Antonio, and they got more pieces, and they have... You know, guys who have been there and won, and I, I yeah, I, I, agree I think with they'd that. have a tough time. But you know what? We'll see if they even get there. They're gonna have to go through the Knicks first. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I would love to see the Knicks Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. I just think it would be a really exciting series. And from a very selfish standpoint, I think the Knicks have a shot. I do. I think it's a, a decent matchup from the Knicks standpoint. Well, they beat them what three out of four this yeah. year. So yeah. yeah, I mean, listen, 
Three out of four. That, that's that's more that's than anybody else beat yeah. Miami this year. So exactly. that's a good start. Exactly. Well, again, we'll touch more on that as the uh, NBA playoffs kind of get going and get rolling along. Uh, the NHL playoffs haven't started yet. Yeah, we, we got about five games there. left. Nitty gritty. What do you think about the Rangers, Islanders? And somewhat, I guess the Devils go. Yeah, forward. actually, I mean everybody, even uh, Buffalo. I guess if you want to count them in this mix. Mm-hmm. They're all they're all kind of in it. Um, the Islanders have been the hottest team, I think, in the Eastern Conference, if not hockey, in the last two three weeks. Yeah, uh, seven wins, two losses have both been in overtime, so they're getting points out of that, and they've vaulted from you know out of the playoffs to in the seventh seed now. Uh, they look really good, and they have John Tavares is one of the best players in the league. He's just scoring like crazy, and you know they they play a very difficult game. I think uh, whoever saw it. The Rangers Islanders game the other day was a one nothing overtime game, which you really don't see a lot in hockey anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, those one nothing games were like the goaltending duels, and it was as good a playoff style hockey game as you'll ever see. Uh, two teams fighting it out, and you know, I think it's a good preview. I think it's a good test for the Islanders and the Rangers, and both teams really acquitted themselves well. If I had to guess, going to my head right now, I think both teams make it. I think the Rangers and the Islanders both get in. I think they're both playing well enough, and there's only, you know, a handful of games left on the schedule. Yeah, you kind of just have to not screw it up at this point, you know, especially when you're right on the bubble like that. Uh, But Winnipeg's right on their heels. Winnipeg is, I think, even with the Rangers with, uh, you know, with the game, Rangers have a game in hand, but, you know, one slip-up, one bad game, one bad injury even could go and have a major impact in this last week. So, you know, we'll definitely see what happens. I think there'll be more to talk about once we have our seeds locked and and the the season and I, I think with the lockout shortened season, it was really <sighs> even, even more so. Well, yeah, but yeah, even more so than a regular hockey season. Mm-hmm. With the shortened season, just get in, yeah. just get in, and 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 let the chips fall where they may. You know, I mean, the Rangers obviously had a lot of expectations going into the year, but if they just get there, you know, you never know what can happen. So, yeah. Well, you know, we'll again we'll touch more on that next week as the playoffs actually get started. So from two sports that are kind of winding down, getting ready for their postseason, to the NFL, which today, a few hours ago, released their schedules and a little bit of curious scheduling, yeah, a little there's, deliberate. There's no, yeah, say, there's no question about the the way the Jets' schedule broke out. Uh, their opening game this year is going to be against Tampa Bay right. at home, one o'clock in the afternoon, and the the we know Darrell Rivas is going to be there. That's, I guess, the first thing you can take away is Darrell Rivas will, will uh, barring, I guess, setbacks in his re- rehab, will be playing in that game. Right. We just don't know where he'll be playing yet, for which side. It's going to be very difficult to watch him guard Santonio Holmes and take Santonio Holmes completely out of the game. Listen, I could take Santonio Holmes out of the game uh, at this point. Santonio yeah. Holmes is not bringing much to the table. Um, I mentioned this to you before we got started, and then I do mean this. as coming from a, a diehard Jeff fan as possible. If the Jets go through with it and trade Rivas to the Bucks, and that is the first game, which we know it is now, yeah. I don't know if I can watch that. I don't know if yeah, the wounds will have healed enough in the short amount of time for me to actually be able to sit down and watch this, especially with the other moves or lack of moves the Jets yeah. have made. I think the big question is going to be what they end up doing if they do trade him, like what they got for him and, and how the team shapes up based upon that. If, if you get a couple of impact players and guys who really equip themselves well in training camp and, and in the preseason, you have some reason to be excited, then you know maybe we can deal with that. But We don't have a quarterback. Yeah, that's so. so, yeah, it's true. Uh, maybe David Garrow wins, you know, the job out of camp. I'm rooting for Tebow. As long as he's, <laughs> a, you know, I'm not a big Tebow fan, but as long as they're, uh-huh. as long as they're holding him on this team against his will and against everybody's better judgment. I, listen, the guy's got to be in the mix, right? I, yeah, I, I mean, mean, for something, right? They still pay him, <laughs> so. 
He's better than David Garrard. I mean, let's be honest. Maybe they can send him out to, like, you know, bounty somebody. Maybe maybe <laughs> that could be his calling from God. There was a Crusades, you know. Yeah. He, he, could, he could do something like that. I don't know. But, I don't know uh, if he could play quarterback, though. Uh, you know, the one thing, especially week really. one, the week one, I think the one thing that Sanchez will have an advantage of is he's used to throwing interceptions to Darrell Revis in practice, right? <laughs> he's been doing this for years now. And I think he's going to know how to, you know, just not throw it anywhere near him like the successful quarterbacks against the Jets have done. Right. Don't throw it near Revis, attack the other guys, and maybe have a chance to complete some yeah. passes. No, I, listen, if the Jets trade Revis to Tampa and he's lined, he's healthy and lined up yeah. on the other side of Sanchez... Week one, Sanchez will throw an interception to Revis. Yes. Guaranteed. Yes, probably. Right now, I'm telling you, it is April 18th. You heard yeah. it here. He will throw an interception. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any question, and I think it's just a matter of how many he throws. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, overall, just quick on the Jets' uh, schedule. Uh, starts uh, relatively soft. They have a couple of games that are winnable with, mm-hmm. with Tampa, you know, regardless of what happens there. Uh, and Buffalo, two of the first three games. New England sandwich in the middle there. But then they go on a tough stretch. They have Pittsburgh. Uh, they have New England again. And you could be looking at another, like, two or three wins start of the season before your week 10 bye. Yeah. And it, it's shaping up, you know, unless, who knows, maybe if something drastic happens and they, they turn it around. But it doesn't look like a good schedule. And then December is incredibly soft. But by that point, who knows? Yeah. And you know what? I, I know how they say any given Sunday, but we saw earlier that one of the beat writers said that they could win. You know, they go six and ten again this year, and I think yeah, that's being I generous. Think it's high. I, I'd say maybe four and twelve. I, yeah, I look at a situation, and I mentioned this to you, wh- where I, I could see them realistically not winning a game until like the <sighs> December first when they play Miami at home. Yeah, I know they got a couple of easier games, you know, with with Buffalo and Miami once. You know, prior, but... Thank God for the Raiders, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm looking for, for uh, wins one and two. Uh, The first two weeks of December, they have Miami and Oakland, and I think that's That's, where you'll get some wins. We got to run there. Yeah. I don't see much for them. Um, Let's get into a sport that is very active right now uh, for the both of us. Of course, baseball is really starting to pick up a little bit now, although you wouldn't know it based on uh, the way uh, the, the Mets were playing out in the snow in Colorado. Yeah, we'll yeah, get to that in a second. Uh, it's been cold and rainy and miserable. And, <laughs> and snowy. They had eight yeah. inches of snow in, in two days. But anyway, um, big news today for you. Derek Jeter, another yeah. ankle yeah. setback. He has apparently a new little crack or fracture in that ankle that was surgically repaired, and now yeah. he's going to be out until after the All-Star game. He rushed it. You know, I, I think it comes back down to, you know, he wanted to get on the field. He pushed it because he's a competitor and all that. But the doctors really had to hold him back, and mm-hmm. they didn't. And they, they deferred to him because he's Derek Jeter, and now he's out for another, you know, two months, two and yeah. a half, three months. And... I get it. You know, I admire Derek Jeter doing everything he can to be on field day one on the playoff, you know, for for the season. But at what cost? You know, where are we now? Now we have to have Eduardo Nunez play shortstop for half the season. And the team isn't built to sustain that. You know, they're not a team that can afford to lose major guys like this in their lineup for an extended period of time. Yeah. And 
it is what it is now, right? He's hurt and he's going to be out and you have to deal with it. But I think it was a mistake to push him as much as he hey, Look, if he can't make it opening day, if he's going to be there May 1st, then, then you do that. You, but you make sure he's healthy first. You don't go in and let him rush to his rehab. Make him play five innings in a spring training game or, or let him force his way, I guess, into playing five innings of a spring training yeah. game just to get him in, just to make sure because that's where he should be if he's going to be ready for opening day. You yeah, go on the player's health, absolutely. and that didn't happen. And now, I don't know. I, I'm not feeling good they about say it, it, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, 100%. They say it in football all the time, you know, when these guys want to be warriors and go out there, and sometimes it's up to the doctor to protect them against themselves. Yeah. And I think that's a classic case with Jeter. You've got to respect his, his grind and his work ethic, his whole career. But, you know, I mean, the guy's not 25 anymore. You know, yeah. he's pushing 40, and, it, it, you know, it was a major injury that you're talking about. And obviously yeah. hindsight is twenty twenty. You You should, yeah, we should have held him back. We should have yeah. taken it easier in the spring. But the proof is in the pudding because now here it is. He's not going to be back until... Uh, what, mid-July now yeah. at the earliest? Yeah. And that's that's a huge blow for them. It's so, April. Yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. It's a long time. I mean, they've been they've been uh, more than holding their own yeah. so far, which is good. Where do you think this leaves them? You mentioned Nunez before, and uh, we both agree that he is not the long-term solution. No. And I don't understand how people are enamored with him as a player, because I don't think he's that good, quite frankly. But where do you think that leaves them? Just, you know, coming off the uh, the series now, they, just, they took, uh, you know... Two out of three from the Diamondbacks. And they yeah, have- a couple of thrilling games. You know, I, I think at shortstop, uh, Cashman said they're standing pat, right? They, they're going to roll with Nunez and, and Knicks, I think, a little bit and see mm-hmm. how, see where that takes them. I would be surprised they don't get it out of the trade market by the time, you know, that they get maybe to the next month if it gets to be bad, you know, the offense. But right now you can survive it because other guys are hitting. You right. know, I think uh, Pronk, uh, Hafner has been amazing. You know, he's really been a, a fine for them offensively. He's gotten like 340. He's got four home runs. He's, he's been very good for them from Plus the left side. Plus the second coming of Vernon Wells. Yeah, Vernon Wells has been huge for them. So I, I think you can survive this. Uh, Cervelli even has, you know, he's been around 300. You know, the big home run tonight to tie the game in the ninth inning. If you can get production around those guys, I think you can survive it. But you think logically, regression to the mean is going to happen. You know, is Travis Hapner still a three forty hitter? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think know if so. He ever was a three forty hitter. Yeah. That's ambitious, even for him. You know, prior to injuries in his prime. So. Yeah. So I think these guys just naturally have to regress a little bit, and that's when you're really going to notice his absence. That's when Eduardo Nunez is two ten, two twenty batting average. And 240 on base percentage are really going to affect you. Yeah, you know? and 240 fielding percentage. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to yeah. be that low. Yeah, Don't worry about it, Yankee fans. But you know? yeah, it's it's you know, I mean, he's a bit of a butcher out there, so we'll yeah. see. But you know, going back to the end, it, it's pitching, and if they get their pitching, they're going to be fine. Or they're going to have a chance to win every game. If they don't get it, then that's really going to struggle. It is the name of the game. Um... Moving on real quickly to the Mets uh, playing out there, like I mentioned before, the frozen tundra that was Colorado. Listen, the stupidest thing ever, I think, to, first of all, have an open-air stadium in Colorado and Minnesota, which is where the Mets just came from. But if you're going to do that, I mean, to schedule these teams at home, in April, April yeah. for long stretches is crazy. Now, the weather was really cold in Minnesota, but, you, you know, they, they basically were able to get the first two games in. Then they got, uh, I think, rained out. But once they moved on to Colorado, it was, you're talking frigid temperatures below freezing. Because it's Colorado right. in April. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense at all. And, and 
a lot of things that they've done before when situations like this have arisen, they, they didn't even investigate. You know, they, they talked about maybe changing the venue, yeah. going to a nearby stadium right, that's right. vacated by a team that's on the road, you know, like uh, Milwaukee, which has a dome and right. that kind of thing. Um, but they didn't do that. And uh, they got snowed out, eight inches of snow one day. They played a doubleheader. The Mets played horrifically, you know, and, and so many things went wrong in, in, in the whole situation. But, you know, you can't blame the weather too much, but the game shouldn't be played. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to use it as an excuse. The Mets played poorly. They didn't hit. They didn't pitch out of the bullpen. You know, their starters were basically average at best. Yeah. And you're not going to win yeah, a lot of those games. You, yeah. you give up 11 runs, you're, you're not going to win a lot of games. Sure. But just, again, going back, it's ridiculous. You, you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to be in that situation where yeah. you're worried about, you know, can the guy grip a ball after, you know, after he fields a grounder to, yeah. to throw it down to first. You know, you shouldn't be able, you shouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I know Joe Girardi commented on it, too, from the Yankees' perspective. They had two games rained out in Cleveland. Yeah. And Girardi had said, why are these games in April not being played in domes or in the West Coast? You know, yeah. there's no reason for this. You can't make your one trip to a cold-weather city be at a time when the games could get canceled. The Yankees don't have Cleveland on their schedule the rest of the year, so now they're going to be going between one city and the next, stopping in the middle in Cleveland to play yeah. a doubleheader. Well, the Mets have that too now. You know, yeah. they got the one game uh, rained out in Minnesota, and the other one rained out in, um, or snowed out in Colorado, and now they have, they lost two midsummer yeah, off days. that's huge. That are huge, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's not fair, and they're not going to be really close to either of those right. cities when they're you know, scheduled to make up the games, and it, it's it's not really fair. Yeah, I but, mean, I'm not a schedule maker. I don't know how nerdy you have to be to sit down <laughs> and make a schedule for every team in baseball, but there has to be a better way to do this than what they're doing right now. Yeah, it's it's foolish, but listen, you play the games. They didn't play well. They lost them. We'll see. Uh, big matchup tomorrow. I'm actually going to the game. It's going to be uh, Harvey against Strasburg, That's which crazy. is That's awesome. huge. That's Friday great. night, Mets Nationals. So it should be really great. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm looking forward to it. Some bad news for the Mets today. Um, phenom blue chip prospect. Is he phenom catcher. Yet? He I don't know. I want to call. I, listen, I'm excited about him. So okay. How many hits uh, does he have for the Mets? None. Okay. Top he's not a phenom, pro- and he's yeah. not going to get any hits for a while. Uh, top prospect <laughs> uh, Travis Darno had a foul ball hit off his foot while he was catching. I believe it was last night. Yeah. And uh, he has a broken bone in his foot. He's probably going to miss uh, a month to two months. So yeah. That's that's bad news. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Especially for a catcher. Um, and I know the Mets, you know, in talking to you about this, the Mets sort of anticipated calling him up at first opportunity, you know, based on his contract. And now this sort of pushes that timetable back yeah. a little bit. I mean, the only thing that, that kind of helps it along is that Buck has gotten off to a tremendous sure. start. And I think when they brought in Buck, they kind of looked at him as like a mentor to Darno and a placeholder and a guy that was going to be a good defensive catcher, work well with their pitchers, but that's kind of it. And lead the National League in RBIs. <laughs> yes, and lead the National League in RBIs, exactly. No, uh, nobody expected that. So, you know, hopefully you can keep this up. It, it's It's been able to keep the Darno uh, conversation in sure. Uh, even prior to the injury, but uh, listen, if you you're gonna say you got a guy who's tearing the cover off the ball up here, so you're gonna keep the other kid down. 
fine, but you want him down there getting his work. You yeah. don't want him down there hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a walking boot on. Last time the Mets put a player with a walking boot, you know, I thought they were going to have to cut off his leg. I <laughs> gave this from a couple of years ago. You know, sprained ankle, have. walking they might boot. Have cut his and, leg off. Yeah, and then he missed eight months or yeah. something like that. So that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I want to get to really quick is the other top prospect in the Mets organization, Zach Wheeler. Sure. Uh, the Mets, that pitching. Yeah. The Mets are having a load of problems in the starting rotation outside of Harvey and Nice, who have been pretty terrific. Well, Harvey's been Harvey's, out. yeah. And Nice was very good, but he also pitched in, you know, Minnesota and Colorado and didn't do so great. Harvey, the elements didn't seem to affect him at all in Minnesota. He almost pitched a no-hitter. Yeah. So, fine. Um, but Zach Wheeler, listen, there are... Obvious problems and obvious holes beyond the top two guys I just mentioned in the rotation, and I think the guy's got to be up here sooner rather than later. Yeah, you know, a few uneven starts. The first, uh, whatever, his first three starts out, he had two bad ones and a good one. Maybe needs a little bit more work, kind of get his head uh, screwed on straight. But other than that, the guy's ready. His stuff is ready, and he's got to be up here winning games at the major league level. You I, can't keep running out Aaron Laffey, who throws an eighty mile an hour fastball. I think it's it's an interesting question. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to rush a prospect when this is not a season you're expecting to compete. Mm-hmm. And if it's considered that he's he's ready and he's shown he's master AAA and he's good to go, then I think you call him up. Yeah. But I, I would be very reluctant to make a decision about a prospect based upon how good or bad the major league team is performing. That's a fair point. And, <laughs> I, and I'm not advocating rushing him up. I just think that, by all accounts, scouts from other teams and all over the league are saying that he's ready now. Yeah. And I think that you have to, you know, where there's smoke, this fire. Yeah. In situations like that. And they're not going to just overvalue him. These are other teams that they have no interest in, in what he's doing. So, um, you know, I, if they're saying he's ready, I, I think you got to go with it, especially when there is a need that has arisen. Sure. You know, I don't think they should call him up tomorrow. But, you know, you want to give him a couple more starts. The results might not even be so great because, remember, he's in the Pacific Coast League, pitching in Vegas where the ball flies. I think you're just looking for him to show that he's got the the gamer mentality, show that he's throwing quality pitches and that he's toughing out his starts and really, you know, working on his stuff. The results, wins, losses, ERA, that's kind of immaterial to me, I think. Yeah. You know. A little bit, it'll be interesting, and obviously I think he's going to he's going to end up with the Mets this season, right? Yeah. He's going to end up with the Mets before the All-Star break. He's going to end up with the Major League Club relatively soon. I think there is some value in, in getting minor league games in and getting your confidence up. You know, if you've had a couple Absolutely. of up-and-down starts, I think it's good to have a couple of good outings in a row, really start to get into your rhythm, and then take that next leap. Right. And if it's been a little shaky, then I think, you know, a couple more starts would be a good thing to see from him. Mm-hmm. And if he does struggle, then, you know, maybe you're not doing the right thing by bringing him up. You know, if he has another bad start down there... No, that's true. You know, it's evidence maybe to the point that he's not ready to come up. So... Very true. I mean, you know, it's kind of the flip side, though, of what we were just talking about with Darno. really quick. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Buck, who's really mashing the ball, so even prior to the injury, you can keep Darno at bay, whereas you have a rotation that's, you know, Harvey, Nice, and who the hell knows. Yeah. So, you know, if there's an obvious need there, you have to look to fill it sooner rather than later. And, you know, Alderson said it at the uh, at the beginning of the season. He said if Buck got hurt... 
Tomorrow, Darno would be up here, regardless of anything else, because right. he's ready. And Darno's probably a little bit further along than Wheeler is. Sure, that, that I think is the bigger... Yeah. Um, plus, you know, he's not a pitcher. He's not a, mm-hmm. a pitcher that projects to be a front-line guy. Like you said, you don't want to hinder their development yeah. at all. But if there is a need that arises and a guy is close, I think we got to prepare for him. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be tomorrow, but I think in this instance, July is probably ridiculous. I think yeah. we're looking at mid-May, you know, sure. early June, something like that. I, I think, you know, what I see, and one of the big things that comes to mind when I see pitchers, especially young pitchers, is how the Yankees have screwed up Phil Hughes <laughs> and screwed up Jabba Chamberlain yeah. and traded away Ian Jabba Kennedy. Rules. Yeah. <laughs> And have had really nothing to show for this guy. And I think it was a lot of this, a lot of short-sighted thinking. A lot of, oh, we need this guy in the bullpen. Let's just call up Jabba Chamberlain now. Let's put him in the bullpen, even though we think he's going to be a starter. Right. You know, let's call up Phil Hughes right now and get him majorly experienced because we have a hole there and not let him fully develop. You know, he was up in the big league team. He's coming up for a contract. He's still only 26, you know, right. 27, and he's, he's used up a lot of his major league time already. Um, that's the thing that I see when I see pitchers coming up too quickly. And it happens. Somebody's going to struggle, get sent back down, work out the kinks and come back up. But whenever... I always defer to making sure they go through the steps the right way. Mm -hmm. And when they're ready to go, then they're ready to go and they never have to go back down. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I trust this regime that's in place now. You know, none of these guys are really fighting for their jobs, and they handled Harvey perfectly last year. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a need in the rotation. They waited, waited, waited. When they felt he was ready, and again, the numbers weren't great at AAA. They were okay. They brought him up, and it's been, you know, full speed ahead. And I think that's what they're going to do with him. I just think it might might have to be a little bit sooner because the rotation's probably worse off than it was last year. Well, guys, this is the New York 20, and we've got about 28, which we do sometimes, so uh, we're going to wrap it up. Hope you enjoyed listening. I'm John. And I am Tom. Be sure to check out our other podcast on iTunes. We're on iTunes now. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty great, yeah. It (laughs) took all of my computer power and maybe some money to get it up there, but it was worth it. I hope so. Anyway, no, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Take care. The New York 20 is brought to you by the Internet. I love the Internet.